Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at the Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. All right, welcome into Smooth Operators podcast. I am Ben with my co-host Griggs and Noah. It is a beautiful Friday afternoon. The temperature's down. It's a nice 83 degrees outside. And we are here to start talking with you today about some F1. Is it really 83 degrees outside? It's beautiful. I'm telling you. It's it like is beautiful. Degrees. I don't know about 83, but... Do you have a source for that? I mean... Wikipedia. Hmm. Apple says you get 80. Your, you get 80. your weather from Wikipedia? 77? What? Uh, it is 77. How dare you lie on the well, radio? We have conflicting sources, so it's whatever. But yes, we are back again. It is our first, our second show, fourth show actually, but it's our second show with all of us here in the studio. Noah was off two weeks ago and Ben was off last week, but we're happy to be back. We're happy for some more Formula One. Nothing really has, like, no races have happened since this time last week, but there's some big some stuff going on, though. Yeah, we still have a lot of news to bring to you today. Very, very excited to get into it. No, how are you doing? I'm doing great, other than the fact that you lied about the weather. I didn't lie. Uh, I'm just doing a weatherman's job. They're always wrong. That's that's their job. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. But as always, I'm excited to talk more about the politics of Formula One. Speaking of that, guys. we it is done, ladies and gentlemen. Nicholas Latifi will not be staying on with Williams for, after next season. Go Tifi is done. Very sorry to announce this the tragic, goat. tragic news. The but goat. The slowest driver in the field is now parting ways with the slowest team in the field. And I really, I just, my heart goes out to him, uh, to his fans, to his family. He's a nice guy. He really is. But he sounds like a nice guy. He just has struggled this season. It's been really bad. We'll always have Hungry FP3. We'll always have it. <laughs> and then Silverstone Q3. Yes, we will. He he's He's had his moments, but... Not not enough to outshine his struggles. Max fans are sad with this news. Lewis fans are asking why it couldn't have been sooner. <laughs> Mainly. <laughs> but yeah, that I thought honestly that I didn't know he was gonna announce himself he was leaving. I thought it was just gonna be like a thing where the team signed someone else before they announced he was gone. Because he was again, he wasn't under contract for next year. So I thought he was just gonna wait it out and until Williams announced their new driver. Yeah. Uh the bow out is kind of an interesting move. It's not super significant to me, but you know, just to say like, hey, I won't be coming back, kind of, kind of makes sense as a PR thing for Williams and saying, you know, not that I didn't have any shot, but I'm out. Bye, guys. Yeah, I think once he saw uh, Nick DeVries score points at Monza, he was like, well, <laughs> very, very. Not a good chance that I will be signed back here. I might as well just go ahead and tip my hat to the world of Formula One and either go find somewhere else to race or go to come to America, Nicholas Latifi. Please come join a come join NASCAR. We'd love to have you. I'd like to see him in IndyCar too. That would be fun. Driving the Indy Five Hundred. Oh yeah. Driving on Long Beach. Hmm. Yeah. Get him in NASCAR. Imagine Nicholas Latifi at North Wilkesboro next year. Oh my goodness, that'd be so hilarious! It would be like uh, John Gerard. 
<laughs> my name is Jean Gerard. You made me spill my macchiato. <laughs> Formula N. Why is it on the jukebox? <laughs> keep it on there for profiling. <laughs> oh, that's enough. Um, so with that news now, we... Well, none of the news that's happened in terms of the driver market since we've last been on is uh, Yuki Sonoda is now officially back with AlphaTauri for next year. So we talked about that on the show some last week. Didn't really know what was going on with AlphaTauri. People, this news is still out on what's going to happen with Pierre Gasly, but mm-hmm. they at least have at least one driver confirmed for next year. So Yeah, and with, with Gasly's terms on his contract, uh, Red Bull has agreed with AlphaTauri um, to let him go to a different team as long as said team that he goes to provides a suitable replacement. So we could be looking at a Alpine Academy driver going in Pierre Gasly's spot, Pierre going to Alpine. He he seems like the best fit for that team. It's like the um, the Louisiana purchase of F1. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we could do that. We could send him an American driver uh we could have an American driver at AlphaTauri with Logan Sargent and then send a French driver to Alpine. And, yeah, there's our Louisiana purchase right there. But, yeah, so that's interesting now. So now the driver market now is down to four remaining spots open, Alfa Romeo, Alpine, Haas, and Williams. So I don't know what you guys have heard. I've heard a lot of stuff now that's saying it's a very high possibility Nick DeVries is the Williams number two driver next year. No, do you have anything Especially, as I've already said, scoring points at Monza, I think it about makes him a shoe-in, especially with uh, Nicholas Latifi, or Goat Latifi, now tipping his hat to Williams and going either somewhere else or going to a whole different series altogether. He hasn't announced where he wants to go yet, has he? Who? Uh, Latifi. I don't think he – he just said he won't be back with Williams, so I can't imagine another team taking him on, but somewhere else maybe? Yeah, I think he'll have to go either to another series. I don't think he'll go somewhere like Formula 2 or anywhere like that. I think it's either be like IndyCar or just a whole other uh, plane of existence like Le Mans or something like Sports that. Sports car racing. Yeah. Sports car racing. That, that could be possible. I mean, but Nick DeVries, I mean, we talked about last week on the show, getting two points. He didn't even finish in 10th. He finished in 9th. So I think that was the highest points finish for a Williams driver this year, unless Albon. Even with Albon, yeah. I think Albon scored 10th, like, Twice or three times? They have six points, and DeVries was responsible for two. Yeah, so the driver standings, um, Nick DeVries has two points, and Alex Albon has four. I believe he also finished, I believe, ninth once. I think it's one ninth and two tenth places, yeah. I believe that is correct. So, yes. So, yes, he scored two points in Miami. So, he finished in ninth in Miami. Alex Albon did. But... It's funny seeing now that there's 22 drivers on the driver's seats now. And then in last place, you have in t- a tied for 21st is Nicholas Latifi and Nico Hulkenberg, <laughs> who raced the first race of the year since Sebastian Vettel had COVID. So that's always funny. Yeah, you know, speaking of Hulkenberg, he could come back. Uh, Again? Yeah, to replace Mick at Haas. There have been rumors about that. He's currently uh, an Aston Martin reserve driver, but his contract expires this year. And Haas might be looking to replace him. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, I'm not going to call it this early, but it's definitely something to think about. I'd rather see Nico uh, go to Aston Martin – or not Aston Martin, uh, Alpha t- not Alpha Tari. Good Alpha Lord. Romeo. Alpha Romeo, one, one of the race teams that starts <laughs> with an A. Uh, I'd rather see them him go to Alpha Romeo. I think that's a better pick for him. The question is now that Nico's talked about for the second hotspot and all these spots are starting to fill in, Where what does that leave for Mick? Because Mick's still not 
is not in the driver Ferrari uh, sabbatical. Ferrari driver academy. You could see that, like him and Daniel just taking a year off. Really, I can easily see that. Yeah, I think that one and one sponsorship money that he has isn't big enough to guarantee him a seat, and I think his skills have been good enough, but not good enough to guarantee him a seat next year. Uh, Mick to NASCAR or IndyCar confirmed. Uh, I'm JK. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll be very surprised if Haas or Haas does not re-sign him with the money and although not consistent points, but points nonetheless to keep him around. Yeah, but if you look at if you look at Hulkenberg, he may not have ever gotten a win in his long F one career, but you know he's thirty three. He's a good short term option because he consistently scores, and he he won't be in F one that long. So once they retire, they can pick up just another rookie guy. Speaking of that stat you just said, though, Lando Norris has now moved into second, I believe, all time behind Nico Hulkenberg for most points ever without a win. <laughs> so there's that stat right there but yeah makes an interesting case where yes this has been his best year in formula one last year as we talked about i believe last week haas kind of gave up on the car early in the season last year so mick has produced some maybe not too much to the liking where haas thought they were going to be after magnuson scored p5 in bahrain but you never know i i could see him going to any of these i don't believe he i'd see him at williams i think that's more to freeze but those last two non-haas spots Hostile Williams spots, I can see somewhere just a matter of where people are going to go. And Alfa Romeo, I believe, said something the other day on their um, Twitter about they have an announcement coming on the 27th of September. So they're just going to resign Joe. I think that's probably what's going to happen. But yeah, so Alpine, after if that's the case, then Alpine's the only non Hostile Williams spot left for Mr. Schumacher. So I'd be mm. crazy to see Mick only been here two years if he's not racing after this season. I refuse to believe somebody is not going to sign him. Somebody has to sign him with the last name Schumacher. There's just too much money to be made with that last name. Could it be like a, a reserve driver first team, perhaps? I, I think that could very easily happen, and he does that for a year, and then somebody else picks him up. Him not driving for more than two or three years is going to be very, very surprising to me. I think the next year the contracts who are – expired i think it's magnuson's done after uh, contracts up after next season same with gasly and i believe i believe lewis but i don't quite see him throwing in the towel just yet he's not going anywhere i don't you think he's like one of the like the house soccer sometimes works where they'll play these great players will play in europe and then he'll move to america yeah like like with uh like um oh my gosh blinking on his name zlatan zlatan ibrahimovic yeah, yeah. He yeah went there went to he's in one of the rare cases who went Europe went to the MLS was still dominating and went back to Europe so that's crazy but yeah. I could see kind of like a uh, Kimi Raikkonen that maybe. I know of and Lewis has more U.S. influence now too because he now will be a part owner of the Denver Broncos so that might <laughs> seem be more which is crazy to think about <laughs> you think he's gonna go out there and play QB for uh, Denver Broncos country that's, that's right. right but the thing is <laughs> funny is that. It's kind of funny since the Walmart family is purchasing like the main purchasing family under that deal. So it's funny that Lewis Hamilton's in Wal- the interacting Walmart. with the Waltons in a business deal. That's hilarious. That's so strange to think the about. Waltons get him out there for an Arkansas football game. <laughs> so strange. <laughs> but yeah, driver market is still crazy as ever. Um, so four spots again still remaining: Alfred Mayo, Alpine, Haas, and Williams. We already have speculations on what's going to happen with Williams. 
and Alfa Romeo. But you never know, and we got a race uh, next week. Oh, yeah, We're Singapore. Back. We're back, so we'll have that full preview next week. Anything else before we go to break, Mr. Phillips or Mr. McClurkin? Man, I got nothing. You got nothing? So, Noah, anything? Uh, I would just like to say that uh, I'm going to go ahead and start talking about this now. I don't really like the Singapore track. Mm-hmm. Every time I've drove <laughs> it in a uh, in a Formula One game, I've just been terrible at it, and it's I don't hard. know why that is. It's a very challenging circuit. Yeah, but it's not like Monaco where I have an excuse for it. It's just Singapore. I should be able to drive it. Yeah, yeah. it's going to make some good racing. But that is it for our talk on the driver market. When we come back, more than one gave us some great content now. We have the talking about the schedule. That's coming up next on Smooth Operators or here on Wheel 91.1 FM. And welcome back, everybody, into Smooth Operators. We're back here for uh, Weagle's only Formula One show. You're hanging out again with Griggs Blankenberg, Noah Phillips, and Ben McClurkin. After our first segment, we talked about more of the driver's market. Now, let's get into the main content we have for this week. Formula One blessed us by dropping the Formula One calendar on this bye week. Didn't have too much to talk about, so thank you to them, but it is here. Mr. Phillips is going to say each thing and then we're going to each throw in a comment there if we have it or not for this first segment next one next segment we're going to go more in depth on what we think of certain races but mr phillips would you like to start well racing's always running the one in the preseason and preseason testing this year will be in bahrain uh first race of the season also at bahrain march 5th think about the preseason testing we didn't even know that before we even got in here we still thought it was in barcelona we still thought it was on spain but i guess that makes sense to Test it on the first track you're going to use, maybe. Yeah. And Bahrain's always a warmer track, too, so setup-wise, that makes sense. You can't set up your car for warm weather on a cold day, if that makes sense. So it, it's more effective for the first race. But I always like that variable of winter testing being, you know, in the winter. But, yeah, Bahrain, pretty good track. We've seen it for quite some time now. It's one of the longest-standing new tracks on the F1 calendar, and... You know, every year it's always something a little bit different. We thought this year it was going to be super boring, and it wasn't. It was a thriller down to the end. But, yeah, good track, good track. Uh, F1 will move on to March 19th, going to the dangerous streets of Saudi Arabia. Almost got canceled this year. People forget that. People forget that. Yep. That happened so long ago. There was a missile strike. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was, people were thinking they were going to race, and then, like, I saw the videos afterwards, and someone's like, I'm sure it's not that serious. And they showed a video, I'm like, Oh, that's a pretty big fireball. Yeah, there's like a fireball from a missile going off, and then you see uh, a Williams driving down the circuit, and you're like, oh, well, that's that's an interesting move And there. then somewhere Nicholas, uh, Nick Cassianos hit a home run. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Deep drive into left field. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge took that one yard. <laughs> Saudi Arabia will be followed up by Australia. going to be sad. No Danny, Daniel Ricardo. That's going to be sad. Yeah. yeah. Wake up for what? I still love Albert Park, great track, and what they did with it over the COVID break when they weren't racing, the renovations and mods they've done have been very exciting, made the racing a lot better, better overtaking, and, you know, just a beautiful track around a lake. Followed that up by another great track in the F1 game, China. So this is new, still me as a new Formula 1 fan. I've never seen them race in China. I remember, I'll probably go back and watch some of the stuff. I do believe, isn't that a night race? 
Yep, Shanghai. It's a night. It's that's epic. Going to be interesting. I've never raced that one, so that's going to be interesting to me. See, still like new races come in here that are people in the past that have watched former races, like Ben and you play the game, that have seen it before, but I've never seen it. So that's going to be cool to see that. Followed that up with on April thirtieth in Baku. Tight street circuit, high speed, a lot of fun. Watch the tires. One of the better street circuits will be followed up by one of the technically a street circuit, maybe not, however you want to. The parking street circuit. The parking street circuit of Miami. It's literally tarmac in a parking lot. It's the worst. It's literally tailgating spots for the Dolphins. And Did anyone see the like the first week of the season, someone like left a grill under a car in the parking lot and like messed up all those cars? No, the, yeah, so on an F1, the old, I, I, do they keep the F1 track there year round? I imagine no, they've had to. They don't. They got to like pick up all the stands and stuff like that. Keep, but they have to at least keep like the track markings and stuff still there. Right? Yeah, they have, they to, have to keep to. the track markings, but the uh, actual surface that they use is not a long term surface at all. It actually was coming up during the race. So they have to actually remove all of that surfacing that they did for the track and all the yachts and the fake sand and all that as well. Like everything. Yeah, I was not a big fan of Miami. That'll be followed up two weeks later by another Italian track, Imola. Beautiful circuit. I really enjoyed that one this year. That was that was a good race, and especially that was I believe Max's. That was uh, he got that was the perfect week for weekend for him, right? Uh, yeah, was I think the, so. Yeah, sprint. Are they still doing the three sprint races next year? Are they adding more. I you know I kind of want them to add more. Uh, when they when they first came out, I was skeptical about you know sprint racing, fifteen laps, see who can get qualified for wherever you wind up on the grid. That was always entertaining to watch. Knowing F one, they probably put in Las Vegas, so they decided to just get that more money out of that. I really hope not. <laughs> uh, next race after that, the greatest Sunday in motorsport. F one will head to Monaco. Thank. The Lord. Mm-hmm. They're keeping it on the schedule. I was scared. <laughs> I really love Monaco. Qualifying is always exciting. The race less so, but it's such a beautiful historic piece of Formula One that it really shouldn't ever go away. But then they had the – it made it exciting this year because the Scuderia. The Scuderia made it exciting this year. Sorry, no. that was We a, always make that stuff was a, exciting. That was, a, that was a mean. Sorry about that. But, yeah, that was an interesting one for Monaco this year. I'm glad it's back. It's back, I believe, until at least 2025. So – Good to see that. Next race will be June 4th at Barcelona. A fun track to drive, not really to pass. Once you're in first, you can pretty much streak away. Uh, Qualifying will be good. Depending on what the weather does, the race will be good. Still wish they had that uh, old sling concept, if you know what I'm talking about, Ben, uh, that used to be there, the dangerous kind of blind corner in the last sector. Oh, yeah, that was – that was uh, – I remember that on Forza Motorsport 4. That was a tricky corner, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. You could absolutely send it on some people up there if you remember the turn. Don't, don't blame them, though, for getting rid of it. But <laughs> No. Uh, next up, June 18th, Circuit de Montreal in Canada. No go Tifi. Sad. Big sad. <laughs> but we still got Stroll, baby. Mm. Wait, is that is that the uh, – Circuit du Jules Bianchi, not Jules Bianchi, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, uh, what's his name? The old champion guy? Uh, Wall of Champions. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I know the Wall of Champions is in Montreal. It's the um, Jacques' dad. What's what's his name? 
Gilles Villeneuve. That's what it yeah, is. Ju- yeah, Gilles Circuit de Gilles Villeneuve. <laughs> totally blanked on the name of that track, but Gilles Villeneuve was one of Ferrari's greatest drivers, and his son, Jacques, the world champion in the 90s, iconic guy, started a band, disappeared from F1 as quick as he came on the scene. We're going to follow that with, up with on July 2nd. We'll be heading to Red Bull's home in Austria. Know every corner of that track. The Red Bull ring, baby. By heart. A lot of... A lot of track limits. Get ready. Yeah, it's super short track. I think it's just over a mile and a quarter. Very fast. Lap times can get down almost to under a minute. Very exciting track. Seven days later, we'll be in the United Kingdom for the Silverstone Grand Ooh. Prix. That's that was one they were also thinking about maybe removing, right? Uh, Potentially. Yeah. No, there's no way they can remove that. I feel like there's too much money there. Oh, uh, I know. I, but I heard I don't know. I saw something about someone saying that. But yeah, that would that would make it for a very interesting day on Twitter if that were to ever happen. Very fun day. Mm-hmm. The LH44 fan page would erupt. Team LH. Team LH would just. Uh, I I I think they may burn Britain if that happens. <laughs> it would be. A travesty to see that track go for everybody, but especially Team LH and all of those British fans across the pond. After Silverstone, we're going to take a week off. For July 23, we're going to be in Hungary. Hungara Ring. Great track. Mm -hmm. Great track indeed. Uh, Seven days later, be in Belgium for the Spa Grand Prix, another racetrack that was almost taken off the schedule. I believe that was it. Was it Spa or Zandervoort where they like announced like on the bottom right before the race started they're re-upping the contract for one more year. It was at Spa. Okay, so that was good. I like that. That was a really good race. I think this year. I mean, Max was that the one where Max is in fifteenth and then came all the way back. Yes, it was. Yeah, that was interesting. Say Fantastic later. race. After Spa, we're gonna have a little bit of a break as August twenty seventh the season will commence in the Netherlands at Circuit Zandvoort. Zandvoort, love it. Love it that bank turn. It's not. It doesn't always make for good racing, but it's fun to watch. It's, it really. It's is. fun to see something different. Always, yes. always great to look at too. It's a beautiful, beautiful track. Mm-hmm. Just don't hit any pigeons. <laughs> After that, we're going to be going to the Circuit of Speed or the Temple of Speed, excuse me, in Monza on September third. Another for classic that one. one to stay on the calendar. I hope it doesn't go anywhere anytime soon. After that, much like. Uh, as we're looking forward to, we'll be heading to Singapore on September 17th. Excited for that one this year. The and architecture. Year. Oh, chef's kiss. It's beautiful. Beautiful track. The a skyline. S- a Singapore sling. Mm, that, that turn 13-14. Let's see what happens when Nicholas Latifi enters it this week. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. After that, seven days later, we'll be in... One of my favorite historic tracks, Suzuka in Japan. Mm. A lot of championships were decided there in the past. It is fast. It's challenging. A lot of medium speed, high speed corners. And you got to watch out for that hairpin. That first sequence, though, is just so beautiful. It is. It you is. can really see how fast the cars go through there. It's honestly gorgeous. It's also incredibly hard to drive in the F1 game, especially with a controller. Mm-hmm. After that, we're going to be picking up two weeks later on October 8th in Qatar. Qatar? Oh, that's uh, uh, that the Corniche circuit. It's uh, 
it's a weird track. It hasn't been here since 2019. Um, good circuit, but uh, Michael Schumacher still has the lap record for that track. Fun fact. Hmm. In 2004, with the ever-dominant Ferrari F2004, probably the best Formula One car ever built. Every time I look at it, I still think of a uh, karting track, just the way it's laid out. does produce great racing, though. Mm-hmm. After that, we're going to be at our second of three USA races at the Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. They can race NASCAR on it for me as well. <laughs> yeah, Coda's gorgeous. It's such a good track for racing. I wish they had less runoff, though. That's a hot take, but I'm going to say it. Like, You don't need to give drivers that much space and then enforce track limits. If you want a bunch of track limits, put grass there. See what happens. They'll get tough. They'll exactly. figure it out. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, seven days later, we'll be in Mexico for another Red Bull-dominating track. Highest race on the calendar, altitude-wise. Hmm, Mexico City. Yeah. Especially for – you wouldn't think that for Mexico City since it's a city that was built on a sinkhole. Fun fact. Super like strange, that. but super cool track. Love Lo- the racing there. Loving the fun facts you guys are pulling. Oh. I'm lots of fun <laughs> and have lots of facts. <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. Six days later, on November 5th, we'll be in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Another great historic track. Sao Paulo, Interlagos, the track between two lakes. It is pretty, it's green, and it's yellow, and it's blue, and it's everything I love about Brazil. On November 18th, the third of three USA races will be in Viva Las Vegas. Another parking lot, Caesars Palace Part 2, returning from the 1980s, which, I mean, that race only happened once. Let's hope the Las Vegas demon doesn't strike again because last time it was probably one of the worst Formula One races ever. Hey, at least it'll be at night and on the Las Vegas Strip, so at least it'll look good. I know you already like this, Ben. Another fun fact, only the fourth ever Formula One race to be run on a Saturday. That is true, and it's going to be prime time. Primetime. A Saturday primetime F1 race. I'm Prob- happy about that. Is, hold on, Noah. Do you think that's for, like, they couldn't have the F1 race the same day as, like, a Raiders game, perhaps? Is that why they're doing it on Probably. Saturday? Probably. That's what I'm starting to think. That would really mess up parking. Wait, what? what's the date of that again? November 18th. November 18th. Oh, yeah, I know. That definitely don't want to mess up the Raiders. Because the NFL is king. NFL is king. <laughs> Money is king. Yes. <laughs> and the season will wrap up on November 16th in Abu Dhabi. It's an interesting track. Inter- interesting, but... It's a track. It not a track. great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a circuit that cars go around. That's about all I can say for that. But yes, that is going to do it for our quick run through the schedule. But when we come back, we're going to go more in-depth, talk about what races we like, what we wish they could have done, and just other random stuff about the schedule. You're listening to Smooth Operators here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Well, folks, it is 1.31, and you're listening to the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM. We're having a good time in the studio. It's myself, Noah Phillips, Brig Blankenberg, and Ben McClarkin with me. We're going to run through this track list again. We're going to talk about our favorites, how we feel about the politics of F1, and just talk about everything that has to do with everything. I made sure their mics are off so they didn't interrupt me while I was talking, but here you go, ladies and gents. Yes, so let's just get right into it. Let's start with 
on the sheet I have. So let's say this. Let's go two likes and two dislikes about the schedule to start. Let's start with you, Mr. Phillips. What are two things that you like about the schedule and two things that you do not like? First and foremost, I just want to thank God. I want to thank Liberty Media. I want to thank everybody that needs to be thanked for F1 keeping Monaco on the schedule. If they didn't keep Monaco on the schedule, Noah Phillips would have been in Atlanta at every single Braves game, hollering. Because I don't know if y'all knew this, but F1 is owned by the same people that own the Braves. Oh, really? I, I would have been holding up a sign that says, bring Monaco back. And nobody there would have known what I meant, but I would have known. That's what I'm thinking about. Like uh, for football, the people who own Manchester United also own the Buccaneers. So if I went and like did like a Man United protest for them, try to sell Man United, people would be like, "What? What? 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 what, what, what? What's, going, what's going on? We just won a Super Bowl. Why are you protesting our owners? We have <laughs> we have no business to be even talking about Formula One. We're just honestly, this is. I was just talking about this over the break. We are just some Wahoos who recently got into a sport that hasn't had an American driver in over 10 years. And there's three tracks on the schedule now. And, like, why why are we here? Because of Liberty Media and how well they have marketed Formula One through ESPN and... Box to Box Productions. Yeah, like, like it's, it's incredible that this sport has spread so fast and we are the children of that explosion. All right, so let's let's do it differently now that I thought in my head. So let's go, Ben. You, What is it like for you? And then we'll just keep circling around. Okay, so two tracks that I am really happy about. Or just, do you want me to do one? Just do what you like about the schedule. It can be a track. It can be the way it's set up differently. I like that there's more races than ever. Um, I dislike the amount of fake street circuits and parking lots. Hmm. For me, I really like um, the fact it it's the trying to think of what, how to pronounce this one. Um, I like right when we're about to leave school, we have three races back to back to back. I think, or wait, no, sorry, it goes China and then we take a week off and then Azerbaijan to Miami. So I'm glad we have two races back to back before we go back for summer and have to stop doing the recordings in here. So um, that's what I like. One of the things I like first about that. That's kind of a selfish re- uh, selfish reason, Gregs. I'm talking about for us, so we have to give more it's our for listeners. The listeners. Yeah, it's for the exactly, listeners. Exactly, but people. that's still pretty selfish, man. You're welcome, just, people. Just say your next. Well, just Formula say, One's gonna have to go from Miami to Imola. Well, they're gonna have. To be, they're going from Las Vegas to Abu Dhabi in a week. <laughs> it's like halfway across the world. All right, now just go ahead and do your second like. <laughs> My second like. I'm gonna keep it honest with everybody. I really love the fact that Australia is still on this calendar. I was real worried about it. For a long time. And I know that it's been news for a while that it's going to stay on. Um, but I really like what they've done with the circuit. And now not being uh, one of the first two races, being the third, teams are really going to be settled into their cars by this time. And it's going to produce a, a great race in one of the greatest markets outside of the U.S. and Europe. Mr. McClurkin? Um, I echo Noah's gratitude about spa being on the calendar um another race we were scared about and just very happy that it's here and we just get to see such a such a historic place in f1 and a very special place in my heart kind of going off of what both of you really said too i'm glad that um 
I don't know if this was ever like a discussion or not, but I know they're talking about but Silverstone. I'm glad they're keeping on. I know there were some rumblings in the background, like all these like older races that people I don't really know, but it, I'm just glad that the UK race is back. It's always interesting to see that uh, the F1 all like we said like what seven of the ten teams are headquartered in England for the United Kingdom. I think yep. that's what we said. Yep. So glad to see that all those fans like there's I think British is the driver like. Uh, nation, the nation with the most drivers. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. That's and I'd be very surprised they did eventually move away from Silverstone because I don't really know anywhere else in Britain that they could race. I'm sure there's some tracks that are could hold great races, but I know for a fact they're not going to be FIA grade one yeah. circuits. Let's do this one quick. Uh, let's go. Let's just do one dislike. What is a one dislike you have either in the schedule? We'll do races next. So don't like say a certain race, but what is like something you do not like on the schedule. Okay, I don't like the fact that it ends in a th- uh three straight weekends of Brazil, Las Vegas, and then to Abu Dhabi. That makes no sense uh for the drivers having drivers and teams having to finish up their season three weeks straight going to three very different parts of the world. We are crossing the equator all three times in in those races, which is amazing to me that they can make uh, their teams do this, uh, especially trying to be carbon neutral yeah, like Formula One is. That's going to be an interesting challenge as they get as they get down to it. But yeah, Ben. Um, yeah, I kind of agree on that. Just logistics wise, that's pretty tough. Um, let's see. I don't like that there is an off-season over the winter when we're still in school. <laughs> yeah. I wish it went on semesters and not on their schedule. Yeah, they should be. Noah's talking about me being silvers. Then there's Ben saying that. So How dare they <laughs> not race when I'm ready for them to race? How dare? I know. The audacity. Mm. Um, something I don't like, kind of echoing off that, um, the logistics-wise also, I mean, they're going from Baku to Miami in one week. So that's that's an interesting one right there. And then And they get there on Wednesday. Mm. And especially now with more logistics, they're adding a lot more Asian races and they're not like all back to back to each other. So it's gonna cost for a lot of travel stuff. But let's go ahead and do this with the little time we have left in this segment. Let's go what is let's say the race you were looking most forward to and the race you're not looking uh your least favorite race you're looking forward to. Or not looking forward to that you know what I mean. My the race I'm probably most looking forward to is the same race I look forward to every year. And that's Monaco, just from a pure I want to watch racing standpoint. But as a I'm interested to see how well this goes as Las Vegas because I'm very scared about them racing on the strip. Definitely some concern. Um, I think my most excited or the race I'm looking forward to the most will be Bahrain. I just want to see what's going on, what Mercedes does with their aerodynamic concepts, if there's any new changes in the rules and how that affects the cars, that kind of thing. That'll be exciting. And then I'm dreading Miami. I really don't like that track. It's you, not fun. You must support America. I love America. How dare you not I support the South They put on Southeast. the helmets. How could you not like that? They had the helmets. They were Americanizing it more. Yeah, but like 
there's so many better tracks that we could use. Honestly, like Max memes on, when he was in the helmet and Charles in the helmets. Top notch. God, Those are great. Those are great. Those are great. And then we get the gridwalk stuff where they're interviewing oh, when he thought that Martin Bruno thought that Patrick Mahomes or no, that Paolo Bancaro was Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that was bad. But I'm also ne- I'm next up. Like the disrespect that they had for Martin Brundle, who is a legend of Formula One and a great guy and a good broadcaster, just kind of put me off. Let's be honest, though, a lot of those people hadn't. I mean, but the one that kind of pushed him off was Serena Williams, who is, I believe, she's the one of the people who has uh, uh, waved the checker flag at Monica before, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she did. I believe she did great. that last year. So I didn't even have the excuse. I was going to use the excuse. Most of these people had never seen a Formula One race before, but that's not the case because she was. Literally the one who yep. did the flag for the winner. So not cool. Not cool. Um, we love Serena Williams. What she uh, did was not chill. Uh, let me think. I'm really excited for Monza still. I thought even though Max kind of dominated that one this year to an extent, I still really like that one being my first like full year watching Formula One. So I really enjoyed that one up to now. It could change depending on these last couple races that are new to me. So that's that. And one I'm not looking forward to. I didn't really like. The Barcelona track. We were talking about it during the break. Not really many chances for overtaking on the track. I believe that they had some chances for an overtaking, and then they changed it to make it more wide, less of a breaking zone, so there was not much of a change. So I was not really a f- big fan of Spain that year on the calendar. The track that I'm probably most not looking forward to the most is Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. That track just kind of makes me mad. Because it is so unsafe. I don't remember uh, if y'all remember this year. Mick. That, or no, excuse me. It was either the first year or it was this year. But the wreck that Mick got into. That was this year, yeah. It was this year. That was bad. That was terrible. That was, that was bad. They don't need to race there. How was that FIA grade one? I think mainly the people forget about that Mick crash was what happened in Silverstone. I think that's going to be come away as like the crash most people remember from this year. Since Mick's grand was in practice. Uh, was in, Sorry, not practice. Was in qualifying. That was actually in the race. So, but yeah, that crash is not great, especially that tight street circuit. I mean, it looks like you're like racing like inside like a chain link fence thing with some concrete. Right, I you're was genuinely on a worried. Yeah, the stakes are high, which I like, but safety needs to be priority as well. You know, you don't have to give them two miles of runoff, but you also don't need to put the wall in their elbow. Going off that, that might be one of the reasons why they keep not. I mean, granted, they don't really do much for Monaco. They can't really, since it's like historic race, they don't make really any money from it. But the fact that, like, it's not, like, the only race that's, like, not up to, like, the FIA, like, approved, you said, uh, grade, like, one. Grade one. Grade one safety is probably one of the reasons they did that. But being Monaco, it's just, there's not too many chances where anything, like, significant can happen, I don't believe. Yeah. But, it, no. One of the most dangerous places is uh, the rundown to where the yachts are. I don't remember what it's Coming called. Coming out of the tunnel? Coming out of the tunnel and turn one. That's turn chicane, one yeah. still has a lot of runoff to it. And then uh, coming out of the tunnel, there's a lot of room mm-hmm. where if you mess that up, you can just keep going straight. You do have to slow down, but obviously if you mess it up, you're not going to just fly off into the and harbor or something like Mick that. Mick also crashed there too. I forgot about that until just now. That was another – like Mick probably crashed – like I believe they said it was like the one spot where it's like real like top speed-ish going into that. I remember that yeah. now. And fun fact, actually, about that corner, um, one guy in the 60s actually went over the wall and into the harbor. <laughs> Did he survive? Yes. Okay. Well, that's I think it was good. Jim Clark, I'm pretty sure. Um, 
the last American world champion besides Mario Andretti. Hmm. That's a fun, fun fact. Vince is full of fun facts today. But that's going to do it for our schedule talk. When we come back, we're still talking Formula 1. We don't know what yet we're going to do, but it's the beauty of this show. You're still listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to the Smooth Operators Podcast. I'm Ben McClurkin here with my co-host Griggs and Noah. Noah on the board. Griggs over here providing us with all the information we need. Guys, we are super pumped. Happy Friday. Welcome to the weekend. And today we are entering our last segment. And we have decided we are going to talk about who we believe is the greatest of all time in Formula One. And there are a lot, a lot of goats, including Nicholas Latifi. But we'll get right into that. Griggs, you got anybody? Yeah. No, you got. Anybody? As the newest person, I'm still looking up stuff. So let's let go to Noah first. Um, my goat is the guy who I believe it was uh, Jimmy, Jeremy Clarkson who said every time he was on a racetrack, he was fantastic. Ayrton Senna, hmm. the undis- I, I believe he's the undis- I believe he was uh, taken way uh, too too young. I think if he was still around today he'd have like 27 championships probably not that much but you get my point three-time championship winner uh should have won more but i don't know if you've ever seen that uh uh race in japan where they made him start from the opposite side despite qualifying in q1 made him start on the left i believe when he wanted to start on the right yes so back in the day you could pick which side you started from and he picked, you know, the actual spot for P1 now, but he was forced to move because of Alan Prost, who is also in the conversation, I think. F1 politics, F1 politics. Mm-hmm. Prost played that game well. He was the king of politics back in the day. Considering the um, owner of Formula 1 at that time was also of the same nationality, he got helped out a lot by that. Yes, he did, and they were friends. Um, That's a that's yeah, Senna. Wow, could drive the wheels off a car. You've absolutely nailed that one, Griggs. What about you? Being still as it is new to Formula One, I know about Senna. I've heard all about these stuff. People they bring it up all the time. Crofty throws in stuff about all these drivers he talked about. Prost, Senna, all the people we've talked about, as well as like people that like are still racing, like Lewis Hamilton and. I'm looking at the uh, all-time win stuff now. There are four drivers currently in the top ten wins of all time currently, and not saying he's my GOAT, but Max Verstappen is one win away from tying Fernando Alonso for sixth all-time. He's currently tied with Nigel Mantle in seventh all-time wins at 31. One more win, and he ties Fernando Alonso. Nigel so. Mantle was a great driver back in the 80s and 90s. He won a world championship with Williams. But for me, I think... My goat, I believe, I think Michael Schumacher. And for the reason, before I even got into Formula One, that's really the name I'd always hear around stuff. I mean, he was in cars. We literally talk about cars all the time in the studio for some reason or another. He was in cars, but so was Lewis Hamilton. And that's not why I'm telling them my goats. But um, I just think that what he did for racing, I mean, for the Scuderia, and being that, like, he was the face of Formula One. He was the face of racing during a time where race, NASCAR was at its peak, really, in the United States around that time, or like, 90s and stuff with Earnhardt and all them. 
I think, a way that he was able to just – that was a time where racing was a big thing in America. So He was Europe's Earnhardt. Um, obviously uh, – Who was Europe's Richard Petty? Like, he's that good. Probably – I wouldn't say uh, Andretti because he was still technically American guy. Oh, I said Richard Petty. Yeah, no, I said uh, Andretti. Oh, yes, yes, Andretti. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Andretti. Um, either be Andretti or um, oh God, what's his name? It's escaping me. Uh, Give me a hint. Give me a clue. <laughs> um, was played by uh, not the guy that uh, oh gosh, uh, what's that uh racing movie on Netflix? Are you talking about um Nicky Lauda? I am talking about Speed? Nicky Lauda. Is that yes, Speed? Speed. Nicky Lauda. Yes, Nikki Lauda is probably um, the Richard Petty to Formula One. Hmm. Also, another fantastic driver is probably in the conversation for GOAT status. Um, we can't say his most famous quote live on air, but if you've seen the movie, you know it. <laughs> his rivalry with James Hunt, there's a reason that they got two very good actors to play them in that movie because they are very influential in the sport of formula and One. they look a lot the actors look a lot like the drivers like a lot like the drivers it's uncanny oh man okay i think it's my turn i'm afraid it's my turn oh yeah have you not said your goat yet no oh, go for it what no I, well, I, I, i'm just exploring my options here because you know you think about you think about the greatest drivers of all time you have fangio who won five world champions you have michael championships you have michael schumacher who won seven lewis who won seven and there are also some really incredible drivers who didn't win but one or maybe two um nelson pk um michael schumacher alan pross not michael schumacher Ayrton senna alan pross those guys that just did it well for a long time and consistently won those also need to be in the conversation but i think Ayrton's the most fun to watch drive. Like, watching his races, I, I, I remember watching, I watched his full Suzuka on board in 1986. And it's the most fun race I've ever watched. And it was just on his car with no commentary, nothing. It was beautiful driving, loved it. Um, but also, you have to think about Michael Schumacher, how smooth he was, how fast he was, how committed he was. He would break later than everybody. He would flow through every turn. Like, the way he would drive a car is beautiful. It's artwork. It's like dancing. And then you have Lewis Hamilton, who is just the king of car control. And he is so much faster than everybody in qualifying. And then he just jets off at the start of the race. And then you'll never see him again. So, it's it's really hard for me to decide because, well, there's so many great drivers. But I think probably I'm going to say Michael Schumacher because he took worse cars and worse teams and made them better because he was on them and significantly, significantly boosted the performance of the teams he was on. So that's my goat, Michael Schumacher, the the biggest name in Formula One still. To close this out, Ben, can you give us another fun fact? Uh, I got something too after this. Yes, fun fact. In 1976, Tyrrell built a car called the, uh, I think it was called a T-34. It had six wheels. Uh, it had four in the front, and they were 10 inches in diameter, and then two 14-inch diameter wheels in the back. My, and it well, won on its debut. And my last wow. thing. We've been talking about goats and this stuff, but I'll close on this. 
How does this affect LeBron's legacy? <laughs> no, 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 no. And on, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next weekend, or excuse me, next week. Singapore. Friday at 1 o'clock for our Singapore preview. We love you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next time. Right here on Week 91.1. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. Switch. That's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.